0: You so much for joining us once again on Growing Up on Death Row at 17. I'm back here with Brian Settings, my co host. I'm David Johnson, and we appreciate you listening and following us on uh, the various streaming platforms. You can also see us on YouTube as well. Brian, how are you today?
1: I'm um, all right, David. Been a while, man, since the last time we did a podcast, man. A lot of things have changed, man. A lot of things that Open my eyes to reality about society as a whole. Being locked up at the age of 17 and getting out at the age of 48 for a crime I did commit, what a lot of people don't know is your to keep you alive in prison. When you're in prison that long, you run with one group and you gotta stay loyal to that group. Ain't no speaking outside of that group with nobody. So when you get out here, man, you expect all these things to be the same, but it's not. Kids, man, it's so heartbreaking, man, to see these kids out here. Run the streets. It's almost like society didn't turn the blind eye into helping kids. And the thing of it is, it's not the kid's fault that they run the streets. It's the parents. It's the parenting. They never was probably given the charity the security-wise of reporting stuff to their mother, their father. The kid got to have a security to know that if they do report that, you will hold them down, that you will have their back. My eyes got open to so much stuff out here, man, to the fact that the matter is, I don't even know why I even got out of prison. Because the, the reason I say this, and I know it's some fucked up shit. But prison offers a lot of opportunities, man. You actually have structure, you actually have a base group where everybody supports each other and everybody help each other. And people think it's bad. No, nah, they got it good compared to what's going on out here. And I'm I can bear witness because I've been on both sides. Yeah.
0: You you mentioned that things have changed. I know you're working more hours. That's a change, but you were already working. <laughs> so right, tell me right. tell me what's changed. What's different?
1: The thing of it is, one, I never saw myself ever holding a job. You know what I'm saying? I always used to take the easy way out.
0: So look, you know? let's back up. In prison, did you ever hold a job? You-
1: I had one job in prison. I held a kitchen job, man, uh, for like six months. Mm-hmm. I ended up catching assault. I ended up hitting the dude with one of those stirring pedals that you stir the food up with. You know what I'm saying? And I ended up getting put out of the kitchen, never to work again. But, hey, you can laugh all you want to, Dave. There was a big-ass stirring pedal, man. I fucked that nigga up. You know what I'm saying? He uh, kind of spooked me, man. I was like 21, 22. And uh, basically, I was in the kitchen stirring food, man. You know what I'm saying? So dude was like, uh, the guy that I was stirring food with. He was like, man, listen, man, when it's, when you get to that food before we go back to the house, you know what I mean? You need to talk. I'm like, nigga, what the fuck I need to talk to you for? you, Right. But I panicked. I ended up hitting him in the head, and I knocked him out, fucked him up real bad. But the thing of it is, when we came back from the hospital, he did need to talk. He was just going to let me know he knew my mom would have. But I didn't know what was going on. He said, we just need to talk. And I'm in right. prison, death row inmate, man. Nigga. I don't know if he was trying to have a sexual conversation or what. I clocked this goddamn man, so Damn. whatever he was having, he, he don't remember. He woke up, he ain't remember none of it. You know, <laughs> simple as that.
0: Damn. Remind me next time we go eat, man. <laughs> Paper plates,
1: <laughs> plastic yeah, you, you Man, you call it what you want to call it. When you're in prison, man, your Lord, Only two things on the line. Your loyalty and your booty, you know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, that's the only two things on the line. So when he said he needed to talk to me, <laughs> I don't know you from nowhere, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about we gotta talk when you get through. I'm thinking this dude finna try to mack on me or something. I don't know what are right. you right. You just made sure you put an
0: end to it right then and there.
1: Well, well we, yeah. I, I talked to the police because I fucked them up. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <Right. state>. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir.
0: On a serious note, so. You backing up, you you held that job for six months. You said you never really saw yourself pursuing a job on the outside, and now you enjoy work.
1: I enjoy it because I never gave myself a chance in life. That's the only way I can say it.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: they say you never know the opportunities that's set in front of you unless you take that first step. I took that first step. The first week or so, I didn't really like it. You know what I'm saying? But after a couple of weeks, I Dependent on going out, you know what I'm saying? I think I turned into a workaholic, man, right? because I've been working like thirty-seven days straight. I even did sixteen hour shifts. It ain't even about the work. It basically something that can keep me occupied mentally. You know what I'm saying? To
0: Keep, keep your mind right in, in a good place.
1: Right. Right, right. Without running the streets and stuff like that. But then after being there for, for like what, three months, a day we're going on four months, mm-hmm. it's turned into a family thing for real. You know what I'm saying? To where everybody support each other, everybody's there for each other, and that w- that's what made me stay. So yeah, I enjoy working, man. We still do the job, still do the podcasting. I do the line service. I still do backyards. And I love it, man. It's like if I didn't have it to do, I figure I'd probably be out in the streets selling drugs or something like that. I figure you're making the right money, man. The church. More, you church it more.
0: And and I was getting ready to bring that point up. It, it's something about earning that check the right way legitimately, you know, you put in the work, the sweat, whatever, to see that money go into the bank and you can spend it how you want to spend it. And then nobody's going to come knocking on your door because you did something wrong or you did something that you weren't supposed to do. So what else has changed? Anything? What about the young girls that we spoke about a few weeks ago? Do they still come around? Have they gone back to foster homes?
1: Well, I really don't know. Like I say, I talked to a few of them like a few weeks, uh, about a week and a half ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I seen three of them. It was like seven, or eight of them last time I saw them. I only saw three. And they was giving me an update. It was one little girl that was real cool with me. She was like, I think she's from turn 11, David. That's the one I told y'all when I pulled up on. She's the one that was like, I wish I had my food stamp card. You know what I'm saying? Very pretty, man. Very attractive, man. And, and it's, sad to, <coughs> it's sad to report that they found her dead last Friday. Somebody strangled her and raped her. And society actually, I believe, really don't care. I believe mm-hmm. they look at it as though she was a burden and the burden is over with. But I look at it as though a parent that actually lose a child, I don't think nobody can replace that. Did, did they know
0: what happened, where, where she was, or did she just up and disappear? They you know?
1: found her They found her in the, on the side of a car in an alley. And that's the worst type Dang. of death, for real, when you die. And you die alone. You die without no family members. You die without your friends. This little girl was taken off, strangled, raped, and found on the side of a car. It was sad, man. And the thing of it is, I thought it was a joke at first. But actually, they came back and showed me the news article. And it bothered me for a while because you can talk, talk, talk. And you try to help people and try to get them to the understand what you went through and what your life done to you how I did all the time and bounce back, you know what I'm saying? And into society rules and live a life as a uh, citizen. And the thing of it is, kids have been taken advantage of for a long time. And it brought the reality to me that this people that got so harsh and cruel, man, to where they even sacrificed their own kids. And I was close to the little girl. And the thing of it is, Dave, I didn't even want to report this because it's a hurt feeling that A lot of people just looked over her, man, basically still talk about her while she was dead. like, that's what these kids get. They think they grown and blah, blah, blah. And I had to tell a few people, man, in front of my store, I was like, listen, a child is never grown. A child can never understand what they are doing. They just live off impulse. They they can't understand what's going to hurt them down the line. And I said, for you to say that, and there was another grown woman, I said, for you to say that, it showed that you only had no mercy for no child. You don't have no mercy for no motherfucker. She tried to explain it to me. I ain't trying to hear it. Very intelligent. You don't put no blame on a child. You put it on the parent. Because, like I say, growing up in the early 80s, <clears throat> we was in the house before the lights came on. If the lights didn't on by the time we got in the house, we got our ass whooped. People were responsible for their kids back then. People actually took care of their kids back then. And the, the streetlight rule, I don't know where it came from, but everybody in the inner city abide by that rule, you know what I'm saying? To be in the mm-hmm. house when the streetlights come on. Now it ain't nothing, man. Kids just run the street with backpacks. They begging for food. You got guys in their 50s and 60s trying to proposition them for sex just to buy them something to eat. And this is acceptable. This here is acceptable. I was the only one that was spoke up about it in the little neighborhood, but this is acceptable. And... I just can't agree with that shit.
0: man. I was going to say earlier that the saddest thing to me is her goal or her dream was to get a food stamp card. It wasn't for her to get out of the situation. It wasn't to become a dancer or a model or anything or hold a regular job. Her dream was to get her food stamp card. And, And that goes back to what you said, the mindset of, not even really caring about the kids, not showing them a, a different way or a path to success. It's just letting them grow up on their own. And almost, you know, how you just let a dog out the house and just let it roam. And if right, it comes right. back, it comes back. If it doesn't come, it come back, back, it don't come back. Yeah. It's just right. almost that mentality. That's sad. That's very sad to hear.
1: It's sad, David, but at the same time, like I told the two little girls that was I talked to, and they was real bothered by it because they was like the guy who they believe or could be, I don't know if he locked up or not. They said they they trusted this dude. The dude was almost like a, put it to you like this. He basically fed them when they need to be fed. He basically did the things like giving them showers and stuff like this. But I don't want to say that this dude was foul. I can't really say that. I don't think I know they said it was somebody they trust. But if she's dead, he had to be a, he had to be fired. And I, I believe that we got have to find s- time.
0: Have you seen him around lately?
1: I don't even know how he looked. They never did show me this dude. You know what okay. I'm saying? They used to tell us about him. He was almost like, I used to call him stepdad, some shit like that. You know what I mean? He was real cool with these girls. And who knows? They could have had a relationship months and months and months before we met. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you don't really know nobody until you know him. Mm-hmm. You don't know their true intentions until you're with them. Dangerous man that can keep his mouth closed and really not give no type of opinion or conversation on anything you ask them. This man is very dangerous. That means that he can actually move and act in a way and get away with it because me, you, and nobody else don't know how he thinks. Right. We, we have not formed an opinion. He, he, he
0: hadn't really told you what he thinks and how he feels. Yeah,
1: Cause he know that's a trap. Cause if he opened his mouth, I'm going to know how he felt, how he think it should go. I'm going to know if he opened his mouth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm going bust him out. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah.
0: one of the things that you mentioned and, and I know, and I get the, the the thought process in terms of, you, you know what you have inside of prison and, and, and how to move and, you know, how everything operates. But I know one thing, I bet you you wouldn't trade your freedom for anything, would you?
1: <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't trade my freedom, David. Yeah, I wouldn't do it because, see, the thing of it is, freedom is something that you think you have, you really don't. And a lot of people don't understand that. Just because you're free and walk to the store, blah, 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 society rules itself, govern that's prison rules. That's the way I look at it, me personally. we buying by bills, we buy by we bind by whatever law that goes on in Missouri. We bind by taking care of the kids. We bind by paying electric, gas, house notes, things of this nature. And uh, to me, being free is not only just freedom, but mentally free. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's so what it damages. Not I'm
0: just man. physical, it's mental too. Yeah. Physically,
1: but mentally, right? Mm-hmm. And a person that's not mentally free. He dangerous because he's still locked in mentally. And the little girl that came up missing, man, I think I think it was some type of shit to where he felt as though raping her, he had to kill her. And the thing of it is, I don't know if he did her a favor or not. Because when you rape a little girl that age, you fuck them up mentally for the rest of their life. right? So- I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing about what happened to her, because if she would have survived what happened to her, mentally she would have been destroyed for the rest of her life. These dreams and emotional feelings that comes on her being raped and degraded as a child. That means her relationship in the future, a guy can make a certain move and trigger that, man. She allowed to put him down. So was it a good thing that she passed, or was it a bad thing that she passed? I really can't say, because either way, even if she would have survived, her life would have been worse off than what happened to her.
0: She might not even be able to have relationships because she can't trust right. anybody. Someone that she trusted—that's right. Right. what they did to her. So that it's going to be hard for her to trust, and it'd be hard for any person. Male or female to, to gain her trust just because her trust was betrayed. Yeah, Sorry and a, sad yeah. to hear that at the same time. That's that's crazy.
1: Yeah, but like I try to tell you, David, society itself is crazy. The shit that I seen out here uh in my last two years I've been released. It's very disturbing. You know what I'm saying? And it ain't just coming from adults. Coming from kids, and then you also kind of sympathize with the police a little bit, Mm yeah. And what I mean by that is they have a hard job dealing with people on the street, they never know when their life is gonna end, their life is on the front line for real, they never know when they're gonna die, and for them to try to patrol. And walking up on crime scenes, going to houses where people been cut all up and bodied. That there alone can trigger this man as to where everybody on here in society and they pull them over. The first thing gonna come to their mind is they finna survive this traffic stop. So you gotta look at everything at all angles. You know what I'm saying? These police out here probably seen some gruesome shit in houses with motherfuckers that stabbed women up, killed them, their kids, and you wonder why they act like they act, because they never know when they time from the come. Society is right. just a loose cannon, man. There's no rules that govern gravity. There are no rules that govern a person's safe space. A friend of mine's. And I ain't even never told you this, Dave. I didn't even know there was a law. My partner got out of prison he was in Texas. And I, I told you about him. He's the one we they bleed his girlfriend tried. I killed him, but anyway, he didn't wake up in his sleep. So I believe he probably OD. You know what I'm saying?
0: Because mm-hmm. he
1: didn't wake back up when he went he, when he went when he went to sleep. But before he was dead, before he died, a guy broke into his house, and I want you to hear this clearly, today. Jim, a guy broke into his house. My partner, the way he set his back door up is that if I know if I go through the back door, I know I got to jump. I don't want to step on the little fake. Well, uh, if you know him you know you gotta jump if you don't know him your ass going down yeah right God broke his house and fell down through the hole that he had in his worst thing and broke his leg in four places he sued my partner man and they and won over two hundred thousand dollars because he ain't saying that my friend altered his own house and it could have been dangerous to police or anybody if First responder was to come there for any type of incident and open that door and not knowing about that hole, they made him pay two hundred thousand dollars because they say he altered his house. They say you cannot set traps within your house if a person break in your and own this space. This man house, wow, right? This man broken his house, but by him having that booby trap, cost him 200, 200 grand man, and they made him pay. He down and lost everything he had, and they made him pay. But he was a victim. By digging a, that hole, they said he victimized us by digging that hole like that. Yeah, there's so something wrong with that picture. With some bent up stuff, man. Yeah, right, that's, right, that's right.
0: A, that picture there is dead wrong.
1: It's dead wrong, David. But it's the law. And you used to take time out and look it up yourself. It's the law, man. You cannot put traps in your house and somebody come through there and then fall through that. Man, they made this man pay over two hundred grand. Now, this is the shit society be on. You know what I'm saying? Right. Fred. Right. Hey, hey, it's crazy though, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to get to you and do this podcast. But not only that, man, I want to I'm gonna let you know. I wouldn't even be in the position I was in at that at the job site if it weren't for this sister named Ebony. She actually trained me. And when, once she saw that I had the techniques, why well, you don't show me one time, I know everything. You hear me. Mm-hmm. And I've been going since then. And you know what I'm saying? I've been rocking with her since then. She is my supervisor. You hear me? And she actually gave me the game. She gave me how she taught me the right way, not the wrong way. And I've been succeeding and been going forward ever since then. So well, I, had to, to- yeah, yeah, I had to thank to her yesterday. Yeah, I had to thank Yeah, yeah, I had to thank her, man. Cause she's a real good person, man. You know what I'm saying? And like I told her yesterday, I was like, I appreciate you giving me the skills because you could have just put me in that position i wouldn't know nothing messed up everything got fired but now she actually held my hand through the whole thing took me like a week to learn everything after that i've been the lead cashier ever since then
0: you've been in the employee of the month every week huh or (laughs) yeah
1: damn near man you know shit i ain't had no off days man i've been working (laughs) then doing my podcast i'm doing line service and I'm dealing with kids. And I think the most stressful part of the whole thing is it's the kids. You deal with them and you try to give them insight as to what their life could be. What's the possibility you can do to enhance your life? What's the possibility you can do to go a step forward? But it all back, back down when they take these steps. It's society rules, man, They actually throw them kids back down in the gutter. You know what I'm saying? They try to take their strength away from them before you even give it to them, man. They make them weak. They hold them back. And I was in a similar situation like that where I got held back, but I didn't know I was held back. I'm thinking that's just how life is, but I didn't know I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted to do just by being locked up so long. It comes from being institutionalized. Yeah.